would you like to see Spider-Man whoop Superman's ass? Episode 226 for April 2013. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example in this episode is on Avenging Spider-Man number 22. In this one, Spidey teams up with the Punisher and they take on Mysterio. Now the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Hey gang, we're starting this one off with Spider Satellites with Kevin, and we look at all the books that don't have the word superior in the title, so let's get on with the show. Hey gang, we've got Kevin on the line. He wasn't able to record the regular show with us, but we had to get our monthly Spider Satellites in there. So Kev, what's going on, sir? Oh, you know, the usual. Working, 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 selling comics for way too cheap on eBay. (laughs) Doing what they're given, working for a living. I'm quoting Huey Lewis in the news. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Glad you gave me the context because I had no idea what was going on. No, no clue, huh? Well, let's uh, tackle Spider Satellites. How many books we got this month? Uh, well, I'm going to do one issue of each of the five satellites we've got going right now. Um, since we are just a little behind the scenes for you, we're recording on April the 10th. Uh, so today, the most recent issue of Avenging Spider-Man came out, so I could go ahead and get one of those, because there actually hadn't been an issue since the last podcast until today. Okay, cool. So what are we starting with first of the five? Well, sorry to say we're going to start with Morbius. Oh, that's always sad when you start with you reluctantly start with your favorite character. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it feels like it's the way it's going to go for a while. I'm just kind oh, of settling awesome. into it at this point, which is, yeah, very sad. Um, but you know what? The, the original Morbius Living Vampire series had some runs that were, let's say, crap. So maybe that's just what we've got here, and we're going to get into some good stuff later. Glass uh, half full of blood. All right, let's go ahead. <laughs> so we got Morbius number three this month, uh, in which Morbius spends most of the issue trying to convince some gangbangers that they should let him help their leader, and that would be the leader whose throat he just ripped out. So not being too bright, the gangsters eventually let him help the guy whose throat he just ripped out. And, uh, well, Morbius ends up killing the guy for good when he starts to wake up unexpectedly. Mm, Deja vu. Yeah, so I'm giving this one a D. Um, It didn't advance the plot at all. Last issue ended with Morbius having just killed the gang leader, and this issue ends with Morbius having just killed the gang leader. (laughs) And there wasn't much of an... There wasn't much entertainment value either, so honestly, I I cannot describe this issue better than it was pointless. And, you know, there's some comics that I say the word pointless for when I'm trying to, uh, you know, be insulting to the content, but this one just didn't have any content at all. Why the change of heart from Morbius? Why did he want to revive the guy they just ripped his throat out? Does that explain it all? Oh, because he was in the throes of bloodlust when he ripped the guy's mm. throat out. But I guess now he's gotten some good throat blood, so he's like, oh no, I better help the guy. 
And then he gets shot through the throat halfway through the issue. And my assumption, because they didn't actually explain it, is that regenerating from the gunshot through the throat made him need blood again. Because all of a sudden, at the end of the issue, hey, bloodlust again. Mm. And that's what makes him slam the guy back down on the table. And, of course, the sad thing is we got this guy killed twice in two issues. I'm still betting he's going to become a vampire. <laughs> because he's, you know, Morbius has drained, like, all of his blood, and it, there were, like, pointed-out instances of Morbius bleeding around him. So, yeah. Right. Um, I'm still I'm still behind. I haven't read this issue yet, but after, I've read the other ones, but the uh, after the first issue, I wasn't driven to read the second. And it sounds like you're not driven to read the third. I mean, is there is there still that reluctant, oh, i got to go buy that, I read this book again? Yeah. I mean, um... Yeah. And honestly, for me, an issue like this is worse than an issue that is just, like, outright bad. Like, we'll talk about Venom later. Um, because here, why did you spend the two ninety nine when you got no story progression at all? Right. I mean, we're spending three bucks on these comics. Even if it's bad, just do something. But there was no point in this issue. You could skip it and go straight from two to four. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, um, and you're one of the biggest Morbius. You are the biggest Morbius fan I know, and and you're just reluctantly picking it up. So that's that's just kind of. It's hard to hear every month. Yeah, it's trust me. It's hard to say. It's hard to read. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason that I kept this issue from an F was because the Rich Elson art is still pretty good. So that's your single pro. Is there any other pros? Oh no, 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 no. No, sad. Okay. <laughs> Well, I was glad it wasn't three ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Although I'm kind bucks. of sad that, on the one hand, I'm glad when comics are cheaper, but on the other hand, I'm kind of sad that the two comics I review on the site, Morbius and Scarlet Spider, uh, neither of them comes with a free digital code that I can give out. Right. That, especially Scarlet Spider, since it's a book I really like, it would be nice to be able to share it. But again, I do prefer the two ninety nine price tag, so it's hard to complain. Right. All right. Anything else you want to talk about that one before we move on? Oh, well, I just said Scarlet Spider, so we may as well move on to Scarlet Spider number 15. Hit that one up. Uh, Kane attacks the Lobos at the beginning of this one in his monstrous The Other form. Makes quick work of them, and then halfway through the issue, he just all of a sudden rips his monster skin off. And he's a normal bearded Kane underneath his spidery monster skin. Lost his tattoos, too, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, he grew back the ZZ Top beard when he's been alive again for all of about two hours. <laughs> uh, That's a lot of shadow. <laughs> I mean, holy crap. That's a two-hour shadow. <laughs> um, so the issue then ends with a bunch of teases involving the other Julia Carpenter, Arasley, and the Aztec hell coming to Earth, and the Lobos die. Because why not? Uh, <laughs> Given this one a D, and that I cannot tell you how sad it makes me to give an issue of Scarlet Spider a D, mm-hmm. because I love this book. But yeah, this, it's a great it, book. It was such a lackluster end, uh, and it started out as a really great story. It just freaking stopped, though. And the ripping off his skin thing didn't even make a whole lot of sense, considering Arasily sensed no humanity left inside him, but apparently what was inside him was a human. And it was a human who grew a ZZ Top beard in two hours inside of a spider shell. How does that even happen? 
maybe we're overthinking it. I don't know. I I, I often wonder if when the Hulk changes from Bruce to the Hulk. If Banner has a beard, sometimes the Hulk doesn't have a beard, and when he changes back, he does have a beard. It's, maybe we're overthinking this. So nonsensical, because like, oh. if he had had a beard and the, he has the long Jesus beard and the long Jesus hair, and <laughs> if it had that when he died, it would make yeah. perfect sense for me for him to come back with it. But he right. has short hair and a shaved face, mm-hmm. and then he dies. He's born with a brand new body. And about two hours later, has long hair and a long beard. Yeah. And he was like vacuum sealed inside a spider. <laughs> He's like one of those uh, infomercial bags. Uh, <laughs> but I would concur that this issue wasn't as good. However, it wasn't minimum carnage bad. I didn't. Think. No, I think this is the worst issue of the series, non minimum carnage. I put minimum carnage right. in its own little category, which I don't really even count with the rest of the Scarlet Spider series. Right. Because I mean that's. <laughs> Like once you get into a crossover with other writers and other concepts getting in there, yeah, yeah I, I, you can't always count it the same way, especially when it's just such a clearly different quality. Any pros of the issue? You ask hard questions, reporter Matt. <laughs> Did you like anything? Damn. <laughs> Wait till I really tackle you. No. <laughs> Um, because even the teases throughout the end of the issue, like so much of it, I had no idea what was going on anyway, so none of the teases really got me going. This issue had three pencilers and five inkers, Mm. so I can't even say the art was a high point because the art was all over the place, and I don't know why. And one of the big problems with the art being all over the place, which I noted in my review on the front page, was uh, Aracely looks older in her flashbacks than she does right now. Because a different artist handled it. And so then there's a panel in her tease at the end that's like, I don't, I honestly don't know if this panel is a tease of Aracely or if it's somebody completely the hell else. Yeah. And that is a big art problem. Right. Yeah. So no, I've, I've honestly got no positives, but, um, it's not like Venom bad. So I didn't give it an F. It's just a D. Should we segue? <laughs> to Venom Bad, or you want to leave that for the last one? I'll just keep going in the order I've got them. Okay, go ahead. I got what do we got next? Or the order I bought them, assumedly the order they came out. So there's one more before that. I'd like okay. to give us a little palate cleanser here. All right. Got to be Ultimate, then. Yep. You are right. Yeah, there you go. Ultimate Spider-Man number 21. Yep. In which Gwen and MJ come to see Miles to give him the lowdown on Venom. Um, so mm. See, there's some Venom. It's a segue. They have nice, nice. And nice. Detective Maria Hill notices that they come to visit Miles. Um, yeah. Venom then eats some people off the street before crashing into the hospital where Miles' dad, Jefferson, is being treated. This one. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I could give an issue an A. Nice, nice. Because we've had, what, a D and a D and an A? Yep, DDA. DDA, alright. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Bendis handled the coming together of the the previous and the current cast of Ultimate Spider-Man really well, I thought. Yep. Um, and it seems like he's setting up Maria Hill as a possible like Gene DeWolf or later Captain Stacy character, but one that might actually know Spider-Man's identity. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the kid needs somebody like that, like an adult. Yeah. That's you know, yeah. So young. You're right. Uh, right. Yeah, she's not there yet, but she seemed to be kind of putting two and two together when she saw the former Spider-Man girlfriends club visit the house that was just attacked by Venom. Yeah, that's that not that far a jump to, in logic that it would t- take. Exactly. So, 
Yeah. Um, it's also the frustrating thing in like fiction when you have this big secret being kept around a bunch of detectives and they just don't put together obvious pieces. Right. That always bugged me with Clark Kent and the glasses and Lois Lane, too. I don't know. Full of reporters? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> that was extreme, though. It's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I know. Uh, this is off topic. Did they ever explain, does Superman omit a thing that just confuses people with the glasses? I mean, or is the gla- just in for a penny and for a pound on that one? Michael Bailey would be a better one on this one, but I do know there are a couple of really funny explanations from over the years from different, you know, yeah. versions of reboots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, uh, they said he had super facial muscle control. Swear to God, so <laughs> when he was Clark Kent, he controlled his facial muscles to make himself look different, even though he wasn't drawing any different. Okay, which is pretty funny. Not as yeah. funny as, um, and I think it was the '80s when he became a TV news reporter. On right. TV news, he was subconsciously hypnotizing everyone into not noticing. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've been hypnotized. Yeah. That's strange. That is some good old DC comics what the hell for you. Yeah, that's uh, definitely what the hell. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Anything con about your A book? You know, the only con I would give is uh, the same thing I've said for this arc so far, and that's that I'm really not into the new Venom yet. Um, Last issue... And further this issue, it appears there's nobody in the suit. I don't know if that's true or not, but the suit just kind of dribbled through the grate to the sewers, which does it makes it look like there's no human inside. Uh, and this issue kind of reconstituted itself, so that was further. I'm I'm thinking because it keeps on eating multiple people that maybe instead of having a host, the suit has like evolved to a point where it can just eat people and get what it needs. Right, um, but either way, there's not really a lot of personality to that. Uh, and if, yeah, hopefully they explain that later. What what is in the suit? If there is somebody in the suit. We've gotten like not really much in the way of any teases of who the new Venom might be, which you'd think would be a big thing. Right. So I just really don't like the new character design. Yeah, it's a huge monstrous thing, which is okay, but it looks like it was designed off like pots, and it's just sort of weird. I mean, I don't. This is not like disturbing my reading experience, but I'm, I'm not digging it. Okay. All right. Now we segue from Venom to Venom. Another thing you're not digging. Yeah, about that. See, see what we did there? Okay. Is <laughs> is what you get when you have a professional reporter on the line. <laughs> and, <right. laughs> um. <laughs> so Venom number thirty three. I can't believe it, but the dude with aliens growing on his back from last issue basically just fights everybody. Okay. And when Toxin finally come face-to-face at the very end of the freaking issue of about the fourth issue that's teased Venom versus Toxin. They didn't fight in this one either? No, they each fought alien oh. guy. Oh, the, the dude with the, the big needles on his back, yeah. Yeah, he's got like four... Uh, tanks on his back that each have what looks like an alien octopus in it, and his skin's like, coming off, and there's metal stuff underneath it. And he's just, he looks awful. Yeah, he's very ugly. Uh, well, he disappeared in the last issue I read. I haven't read this one. I think the cover has a, a toxin eating 
uh, Flash Venom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, really disappointing because uh, the solicited cover for this issue was this gorgeous Shane Davis image. Um, and it had, uh, Venom was like on the ground, conquered, whatnot, and it had Toxin, and it was sort of a new, cool looking character design for Toxin. He was like all red, but he had a black version of the old Eddie Brock Venom spider on his chest. Mm, yeah. It was just, and Shane Davis is a really good artist, so it was just this gorgeous image, and it's, the cover for this issue wasn't bad, I'm not knocking it, but. I'm missing that cover. And now the cover... F- this The one we got on this issue was actually the cover solicited for next issue. And hmm. the t- next issue at the end shows a cover that's got uh, Venom vs. Toxin and Alien Bat Guy is on the cover now. Strange. Yeah, I swear to God, at the end of last issue, when he runs into Toxin or runs into Eddie Brock in the alleyway. I thought we were just going to have one of those between the issues off panel. Uh, Toxin kills the throwaway villain. I was shocked to see him come back this issue. Yeah. Anyway, I can... A solid what? F, a go F yourself. <laughs> you just are not a fan of that book, man. I don't think it's, I, I, well, I haven't read that issue, but I don't think it's, it's F yet. I don't. I thirty three yet. What? What? I read the previous one where um, uh, I meet the guy with the needles in his back. I don't even know what that guy's name is. <laughs> Qualities. The previous one had Flash's personal life and stuff with the school, which was kind of. Mm-hmm. This one has yep. alien back dude fighting people. Yeah. The issue. So until you've read this issue, I implore you not to judge that it's not an app. <laughs> I thought it. I thought it's gotten better since he moved out of New York, but I don't know. His issues I thought were better than. Um, they were better than the Monsters of Evil, which is not hard. They were better than the UFOs arc, which is not hard. The previous issues were readable. Yeah. Which one? this one? Yeah. Um, how how disappointed are you about the uh, the lack of explanation of Toxin's death and and uh, Eddie Brock taking the Toxin suit and stuff like that? I'm kind of past that at this point. It's it's been so long. Um, it's stupid. It's a waste to kill that character off panel because he had potential. They devoted two whole miniseries to the guy. The first one wasn't very good, but the Toxin miniseries was excellent. And uh, was was the well the first one Venom versus Carnage is that where that he was introduced? Venom versus Carnage is where he was born, and that one was right. It wasn't terrible, but it was not great, and it had a really weird um, lack of continuity to it. Mm. Yeah, because Black Cat had never seen a symbiote before when she's she was in Maximum Carnage, and and she was terrified with by Venom in Amazing Three Hundred. Yeah, so no, no, she wasn't terrified. She. That was Mary Jane. Um, she was smacked around, I think, in 317 or something like that. Yeah, so anyway, um, yeah. point is, I think that was a total waste and a really bad way to go. Um, I'm not continuing to hold that against the current books, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it really wasn't even Cullen Bunn that did it. It was Rick Remender. Uh, mm-hmm. And I I like having Eddie Brock as an antagonist for uh, the Flash Venom. I like having Eddie Brock have a symbiote again, um, and a monstrous one. It's just that it doesn't make any freaking sense for it to be toxin. Um, 
but yeah, I'm not like continue. I'm I'm not continuing to hold a grudge about that with each issue. It is what it is now, and it's been quite a while. Um, and honestly, my solution probably would have pissed off even more people. Uh, What's your solution? Honestly, uh, Cletus Cassidy was ripped in half in space by the Sentry in New Avengers number two. Right. Never have brought Cletus Cassidy back because, for my money, he's dead. He should have been dead. Give Brock the Carnage suit? I would have given Brock Carnage, and that would have made mm-hmm. sense for it to actually take over his mind and make him evil, which the Toxin symbiote does not make any sense for. Yeah, the Toxin suit was a good good symbiote, I guess. Yeah, it was like yeah. an adolescent symbiote that was trying to do the right thing, and Pat Mulligan was like teaching it. And now all of a sudden, right. this symbiote that automatically took over Eddie Brock's mind and wanted to kill everybody. There's there's no connective tissue to the previous appearances. Yeah. That's just too bad. That's actually a good theory because the character of Eddie Brock is so ruined, I think. It's just hor- horrible. Uh, well, and uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa mm-hmm. did such a good job with The Last Temptation of Eddie Brock. Yeah didn't really get continued. Right. The 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 storyline where he was in the hospital with cancer trying to kill Aunt May, is that the one you're referencing? Yeah, was, he had uh, he had lost yeah. symbiote and he was dying of cancer and he kind of heard the symbiote talking in his mind, kind of going Yeah. That that was good stuff, I remember that. And it, it was part story and he Look at like this story has been like what four parts already again, and we have yeah. and we've just got Venom and Toxin to see each other. <laughs> yeah, aye, aye, aye. I I I don't know if you've listened to the Cullen Bunn interview that I did in St. Louis, but he one of his first pitches uh, to Marvel was a Morbius ongoing. Really, I've got and, and I, I I wonder if he got that book if you dislike that too because Bun I, I he's a nice guy I met him in person and I uh, appreciate him doing the interview but uh, his stuff is a little hot and cold with me I I really like his Deadpool kills the Marvel universe I enjoyed his Fearless uh, miniseries and his Venom's hot and cold for me kind of like you it's not as cold for me as you but uh, who knows. As we can, as we said with the Morbius, hopefully the glass will get half full again. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't read enough of Bun's other work uh, to know if it's just Venom or not. Yeah. Really the only thing I read was his two issues of Avenging Spider-Man, which I said at the time, being Savage Land Devil Dinosaur story just wasn't going to be for me. Right. Also, his Captain America team-up book was pretty good, too. I like that also. Uh, we got, uh, speaking of team-ups, see what we did there. <laughs> Avenging came out today, right? 19. Yeah. Yeah, which came out today. Brand new comic. Um, and this one, Otto is trapped in a nightmare about a spider octopus that's also his dad, while the same looking monster is using his body in the real world, and Sleepwalker helps him him, him both. Sleepwalker! I love Sleepwalker from the 90s. I'm the only one that did. <laughs> Most loves him, too. He's been tweeting about the Sleepwalkers coming for a while. He's he's excited. <laughs> Who has? Who's been Chris tweeting? Writer. Oh, Yoast? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, he probably, cool, cool. Apparently, he just loves Sleepwalker. 
I do too. I mean, that you can get that in the quarter bins nowadays. I would imagine Sleepwalker was a cool book. Also has a great Spider-Man cover. I think issue six, where just Spider-Man covered in webs of Sleepwalker. It just anyway, I'm not going to geek out about Sleepwalker, but Sleepwalker and Quasar took a hit in the 90s for being insulted as they were like the punching bag of comics I'm like and Wizard magazine specifically and I'm like I like those two guys what's up with you people anyway let me hear about Sleepwalker is this is this a good book maybe Yost can give you a Quasar appearance here soon who knows oh Spider-Man versus Quasar oh geek <laughs> um it's not bad but there's yeah. not much to get into um that short synopsis pretty much tells you that there's not a whole lot of meat to the story. Uh, we saw, if you will remember, and I'm sure you guys talked about it on the main podcast, in the last issue of Superior Spider-Man, uh, the memory of young Otto getting his glasses broken, and then he was beaten by his dad for it. Right. And this issue uses that same memory and pretty much just milks it the whole way through, uh, which is a weird sort of crossover. And uh, the so only thing... It- it's a glasses reference too. It's another glasses thing. It's the exact same memory. Okay, weird. Yeah, and that's like this thing that's terrifying him throughout this nightmare. And Otto's like, I, I can't believe I'm actually terrified. And it's this monster thing that every once in a while has the face of his dad. And but yeah, it's the exact same memory. And they replay it like three or four times. Same story beat sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. Um, except this one, it seems to be the point of the whole issue. Uh, the only thing that's really interesting in this issue is um, Ghost Peter, which who has not appeared in Avenging Spider-Man so far under Chris Ghost. Right. This is Ghost Peter's first appearance. Uh, okay. Brief appearance. Ghost Peter tries to beat on Otto at the beginning of the dream sequence before he gets torn away by monsters. And at the time, I suspected that that might actually be the real Ghost Peter, not you know some part of a dream, because you know, it looks exactly like him. Uh, right, the whole blue effect and everything, and the the interesting part is by the end of the issue, Otto suspects that that might have been real too. Hmm. Ooh, so he has a little inkling that Peter might be still in his mind. Yeah, because he's uh, okay. he's reviewing kind of like how all that was a dream, and then he has a little flash of the ghost Peter thing, and then thinks some of it might have been real. Oh, okay. That's cool. So that might actually be kind of a big moment if it leads to something, because that's a huge part of this ongoing story to start in the Avenging title. Exactly. The inkling of him suspecting Peter's still alive. Yeah, no doubt. And the Marco Cicchetto art is great, as always. That guy pretty out of the park when he gets on a book, so I got no complaints there. Right. But in general, it it was fine, but it just didn't really stand out. Okay. So what's your grade on that one? B minus. B minus. Awesome. So good satellite month, you think? Or bad? This was a terrible satellite month. Okay. <laughs> well, you you had an A for Ultimate, which is what it generally gets. Uh, Venom and Morbius generally towards the bottom of the pile for you, and uh, Avenging is pretty much average. Yeah, two Ds and an F out of five books. This was an awful month. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why we got you on the line? Any thoughts on the last two or three superior books that came out? Because since you weren't able to voice your opinions. Well, as I was saying, um, we now know that this is one of the last issues of Avenging Spider-Man. Um, it's going to be 
relaunched as Superior Spider-Man Team Up, so it's still got uh, Chris Yost on art, so it's not, or on, not on art, on writing. So it's not a huge yeah. difference. Uh, we're just switching to kind of a clunkier, more unwieldy title, but I get why they're doing it. Uh, a new number one, yeah. Yeah, and it's the Superior branding. It's a little surprising they're doing so much with the Superior branding right now, um, because you know it's a finite story. Yeah. We all know Peter's coming back. The stock ox thing is going to... No, spoilers! <laughs> um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a little weird to me that they're rebranding and relaunching all their books as Superior. It makes me wonder if they're just going to keep the Superior title once Peter comes back, which I don't see what the point of that would be. I, I called it months ago that when Amazing comes back, Superior's staying. Yeah. Guaranteed. That doesn't make sense for why all the books would be superior if Amazing was the flagship again. Yeah. If we had Amazing as the flagship and then every other book is titled Superior, that wouldn't make sense. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Did you uh, like the um, uh, 6 and 7 and the AU tie-in? <laughs> How do you spell that? Uh, the AU tie-in was every bit as frustrating as the entire Age of Ultron event has been. Right. The whole thing is the most frustrating reading experience I've had in a long time. It's not because it's bad. It's what the hell is going on? Exactly. We're three, we're three four issues in. We're, we're very much confused. We don't know where this is set, what's going on. What? Today I'm five issues in. Oh, okay. I'm only three. <laughs> Series, I've read five, and yeah. the discrepancies, the weirdness, has not gone away. Yeah. Because the, the Spider-Man, the first issue, is very much Peter Parker. The Spider-Man in Superior 6 AU is very much Ock. Well, and this is part of the problem. Yeah. A, what the hell are Wolverine and Iron Man wearing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if you're going to try to convince us that something's firmly in continuity when it's clearly not, giving people different costumes is not helping your case. <laughs> True. The uh, Bendis confirmed on Twitter that the Spider-Man in this whole series, including number one, is Otto. Oh, no, it's not. It makes sense. Now, here's the problem. Brian Hitch has been drawing this thing for, like, two years. Yeah. Get that. I understand why the art on the Spider-Man costume couldn't be changed at the very end. I can suspend my disbelief on that. Dialogue, however, can be tweaked very late in the game. Mm-hmm. Why is this clearly Peter talking? Yeah. I mean, even yeah. to like the current issues, he's talking like Peter. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. there is no other book where Otto is going to this kind of trouble to sound like Peter. In fact, he right. almost seems to be going out of his way to sound like Otto. <laughs> the the ultimate or the Age of Ultron feels like it was something. It was like Bendis had this idea two years ago, which, as you said, the the artist has been working on it, and it just now got done. And Bendis has left the book already. <laughs> I mean. And they were like, well, he's been working on it. Let's just go ahead and release it, you know? I'm wondering if it's going to all end up being a weird, like, reverse Flashpoint event. Where you start... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, was where 
it was the thing that started the New 52 universe. Okay. Henry Allen, being the stupidest superhero in the world, ran back in time to save his mommy. And by saving mommy from getting killed, the entire world got screwed up. And so, uh, Flash and some others, uh, no, it was pretty much just Flash in the end, uh, had to, like, run through whatever, uh, to make things right. And it ended up being, uh, the New 52 universe. So it was, like, closer to what it was supposed to be, but still not quite right. Basically, if you didn't know, the reason DC continuity is screwed up right now is because Flash is a mama's boy. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I'm not reading Flash, but yeah, okay. The worst event in history. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the Bat books are still great, though. <laughs> like starting uh, any universe that has been screwed up by something, and they're going to remake continuity into what it already is. Mm. <laughs> strange, strange, strange. Yeah, because they're obviously... All this has to do with continuity. Issue 5 introduced time travel and changing things. Uh, yeah. The solicitations for future issues talk about they've created an alternate world. So mm. alternate continuity is happening. That's a definite. But we had a tie-in to Age of Ultron between Superior Spider-Man number 6 and 7. Yeah. Clearly happening in there somewhere, but then 7, things are totally normal. So it kind of makes you feel like this event is going to end with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like uh, tying this all up back together. That's what happened at the end of the Morbius book. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happened at the end of the third issue. It's the same event that's happened in the second. If nothing else, I'm going to introduce Todd McFarlane's Angela for some reason. But No, no, Neil Gaiman's Angela. <laughs> Sue me in. <laughs> he might. <laughs> More All right. Now that it's getting into ongoing books, that was my problem with six AU. Is that it's still that makes it make even less sense. Okay. All right. Any other thoughts before we wrap this one up, sir? Um, I'd just like to make a few recommendations. If you would, okay. Hit it. Feel free. Was able to get. Uh, during that one day that the Marvel 700 promotion was going on, I was able to get some number ones before everything crashed, and I finally read what I had gotten of um, Thor God of Thunder, Indestructible Hulk, and Fantastic Four and FF by Matt Fraction. Right. All those number ones were excellent. I agree. And I have since, uh, it just kind of finished today, gone to my local shops and put together... uh, the issues to catch up on those series, and I haven't gotten to read them yet, but those those number one issues were all very, very good, so judging off of those, I would recommend all of those series to you. Yeah. I've read all of them, and Thor is the most consistent, in my opinion. That's the first issue was, it was such a perfect tone, I thought. Yeah, and, and this is from Jason Aaron, who just brought us a horrible Hulk run. So I was very happy that Jason Aaron is back on his game. Yeah, with Thor. Like Hulk, just, Hulk has also been consistent. I, I think this is the most consistent Hulk we've had since Paul Jenkins in the early 2000s. I've never been like a Hulk reader. I've never been a Hulk fan um, because it's so hard to get me to like Hulk because I don't dig on the super being smash 
fest thing. I need a little bit of plot. And um, I've tried several runs, and none of them have held my interest. Did you ever try Peter David's? Uh, I've actually got the first eight volumes of Peter David's oh, good. Visionaries, and I've only read like the first half of the first one, but that's not for that's not because I didn't like it. It was just for amount of time and like priority of new stuff to read. Right. Uh, I tried Jason Aaron's and dropped off after about four issues. It really wasn't a thing. Right. Um, FF has been okay. I mean, I mean, sorry, Fantastic Four has been okay. The most recent issue I didn't really care for. Uh, the the one where he I went back to Roman times or whatever. But anyway, the other books, Bagley's art is beautiful. Um, and Fractions, hot and cold with me, kind of like. Uh, uh, Colin Bunn. Um, I think this is a good place for Fraction. Um, I like some of his books, and I don't like other ones of his books. And it's usually not an issue to issue thing; it's a book to book thing. And yeah, this seems like a really good place for his crazy science stuff that he that is just his wheelhouse. Uh, right. And I really, I really like the art on both titles. Mark Bagley and uh, Mike Allred both doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Any other recommendations? Bendis' Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's good, too. I got to read uh, the point one, and now the number one uh, came out, I think, last week. And judging by those first two issues, this is looking like Bendis' best Marvel Now book. So I highly recommend it. Right. And did you, you did you like the DNA stuff back in the day? Uh, I liked it. I ended up dropping off with it uh, after a while just because I got cosmic event fatigue and I yeah. where every book tied into a new event like once every three months and I just couldn't do it anymore. But I yeah. liked the book for a good while. Right. Cool. Uh, you still don't recommend Die Hard 5? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Anything you don't recommend? <laughs> I did see an action movie to cleanse my palate a little bit, and that was G.I. Joe Retaliation. Okay. It's super silly. I mean... Don't go into that expecting to take anything with a straight face. Um, and there are parts of it that are unbearably cheesy, I admit. But on whole, it's a fun action movie, especially for people like me who grew up with the G.I. Joe cartoon. Um, and this movie gave us such a better cast. Because the biggest problems with the first movie was that the acting was awful. Even good actors in the first movie did a terrible job. It was... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was more of a Transformer kid over a G.I. Joe kid, and I, I just hated that first movie. I thought it was awful. Um, Any Dennis Quaid in this one? Dennis Quaid did not pop up. Uh, Bruce Willis replaced the general character. Okay, yeah, because he, he's the original Joe or whatever, right? That was not silly, but um, yeah, really the entire cast was replaced. Uh, Good. Tatum came back to be blown up 20 minutes into the movie. <laughs> uh, they they make it seem like he's in throughout the whole movie. I guess not. Just first, don't don't come to the theater late. Evidently, now, in the previews you see him getting his ass blown up at the beginning. And the thing is, they delayed this movie by almost a year. And the reason they gave was they delayed it so they could add 3D to it because they wanted to do a 3D release. Um, and then there was this whole conspiracy theory this whole time that that was just a cover story. And in reality, um, 
Channing Tatum dying that early had tested badly with audiences, especially female audiences, so they were doing massive reshoots to bring him back. I saw the movie. I can confirm for you, folks. That's bull. <laughs> the good-looking ass is dead, all right? <laughs> Take the grenade to his chest. Wow. Blown up. No G.I. Joe Magic Mike 3, yeah. Could not make a better apology for the first movie than to blow up Channing Tatum in the first 20 minutes of the second movie. That... They should have blown up Dennis Quaid. <laughs> um, uh, literally nobody else came back except um, you get a little bit of Arnold Vosloo um, as Zartan. Is uh, Ray Park in it as uh, the the ninja? I can't forget because he never takes off his helmet or speaks. Okay. So, yeah, he's still Snake Eyes, which is great. Um, guys, that's right. And the guy that played the president in the last one is back, which you would think that's not very important, but Zartan is shapeshifted into the president for the entire movie, so he gets a lot of airtime. Arnold came back, but he had like one flashback scene with no dialogue. So. <laughs> and the Cobra Commander suit right in this one. He looks awesome. Oh, good. Good. And they've already announced a third one coming out since this one's made some money. So. Also, cool. I have, uh, even though I get movies for free at the movie theater I work at, I have to wait until the movie's not selling out anymore before they'll give me free tickets. So I went ahead and actually bought tickets for the Wednesday, May 15th advanced screening of Star Trek Into Darkness in the IMAX. Oh, hells yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. My most anticipated movie. I'm looking forward to Iron Man 3. I'm looking forward to Great Gatsby. I'm looking forward to all kinds of stuff, but Star Trek is number one for me this year. I'm psyched. We're we're a month ahead. What's your prediction? Who is uh, Sherlock? I have lost all ability to predict that. <laughs> is he con or is he not con? You know, it seemed to me that he's clearly not con. It does not seem to be con at all. But I was saying uh, he, it seems to be Gary Mitchell for a long time, but the more recent previews have, for my money, debunked the crap out of that. Right. So at this point, he looks more like con, but I still don't think it's con. Okay. So I, I, you say it's not. I say it is. We will find out next month. How's that for a tease? See, that'll be the bet. I'm. I will say it's not con. I will say it's con. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if, if I'm right, here, here, let's make a bet of something. If I'm right, I want you to do a Shatner Star Trek two con for me. All right. <laughs> and what 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 should I do? That's embarrassing. And audio <laughs> for the podcast listeners. What should I do if I lose? I know last time I embarrassed somebody by losing a bet to me, they had to wear a dress and take a picture of themselves in it. Well, this this is an audio show, so what could I do through, with my voice? Yeah, I'm wearing a dress right now. Maybe I could say that. I'm not. Well, I'm not. But I don't think things that that you wouldn't normally do on the show anyway, man. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> see, what do I want you? I could say like I love Josh, or I could, I could uh, have to write a poem to Zach. <laughs> uh, okay, if I win, uh, okay, you have to profess your love for Zach in song. Oh no! Oh no! Good God, I hope it's con. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I have to sing it too, huh? Yep. All right. To the tune of what? I'm not going to define what the tune is, what the length is. Have to profess your love for Zach in song. Just what okay. you can do to fulfill that. That's that's a good tease right there. Kevin, I'm glad we got you on this month. I'm sorry you had to work when we record the regular show, but uh, we got you in. Yeah, I appreciate you taking a special recording session for me here. I hate that I missed the whole group, but I'm glad that I could participate. It was great to get Kevin in. I'm glad we could do that this month. All right, we've got some message board questions to finish up. Let's go to those now. Next poster is Spider-Mon, M-O-N. First hey, post... Mon. Hey, spot him on. He, he doesn't like the Nazi. No doubt. He goes, hey, gang, long-time listener, but first-time visitor to the Your Message Board. Love your podcast, and just want to take this opportunity to thank you for all the work you guys put into it. Also, I picked up my my username in honor of the Mousy. Very good. Yeah, very yeah. good. I like that. Uh, Kevin, who wants Kevin's question? I'll take Kevin's question. Zach's got Kevin. The Morbius title is a little dicey, to say the least. And as a big Morbius fan myself, from his days as part of the Midnight Suns, how would you handle his title? Would you bring back some of the rogues galleries, such as Slaughter and the Baslick? Well, uh, I had this written down somewhere in, in, in <laughs> Louisville. But, uh, uh, yeah, so I would, I would bring back all the villains from the Midnight Suns, because that's when Morbius was actually good. And Anybody the, reading Morbius, by the way? It's very rough. I, I read the first. I read the first issue in honor of Mr. Yeah. Kevin, and I I subsequently dropped it. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah, it's it's really bad. It's I'm not liking it at all. Anybody else reading it? Did you say I read Don? The first you were. Two issues. I, I'm, I I burn steel it at my LCS. You know, uh, yeah. and um, I don't know if I don't like it as much as Kevin does, but it's not really that interesting. What were you saying, Josh? You buy it. I read the first two issues, and I didn't even realize that I missed the third one. And when I found out I missed it, I had no desire to go back and pick it up. Yeah. What is wrong with the book? I, I think it's boring. I think that the... Uh, honestly, I get the vibe, and this might be very presumptuous, but I get the vibe that the writer doesn't know what to do with Morbius. Like, maybe putting this vampire character in this, you know, like this uh, emo hipster, kind of like, you know, gangster street-style kind of storyline would, would be unexpected and interesting, but it really isn't. Yeah, I'm just bored. Well, it's a story that you can tell with almost any character. Like, you can replace a lot of characters with more, because there's nothing in this story, really, that's inherently vampire. You can be any super-powered person, like, on the run, starting a new life, that gets involved in, like, this plight of the homeless people and the homeless little boy and his babysitter and the gang member or something. Maybe that all changes in the third issue, but... You shouldn't be able to insert other random characters into the protagonist's place in your story. Called Morbius, you know? Right, yeah. And he has a history and, and, and etc. Anyway, uh, this one's to the gang. What did you, what do you all think of the demo goblin? I thought the idea of a goblin who was a batshit insane religious goblin demo thing could be a pretty creepy awesome if pulled off right. I liked him in the nineties. See maximum carnage. I yeah. need to say no more. I, I hated agree. him in the video game. He was impossible to hit and when you hit him you get hurt. Yeah, yeah, he sucked in that game. He was a bitch. Are we talking... What, what game are you talking about? Back from Genesis. Video game? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was Demo Goblin the one in that uh, Ghost Rider, Spider-Man McFarlane, like issue six and seven? Yeah, he was... was just, that yeah, he was in that. Just a no. That was when he was merged with Mackendale. Okay. Because, yeah. like, basically, Mackendale got possessed by a demon, 
And then, so like, Mackendale's a demon goblin for a while, then he gets exercised from him and becomes and a separate character. A, yeah. What's, yeah. What happened to Demo Goblin? What's the, he, what's he the died. <laughs> like when did rubble, he die? Rubble fell on him. I think it was the Web of Spider-Man issue. Uh, okay. Uh, JR, whatever did happen to Mary Jane's little cousin, the one that was living with Peter and MJ for a while? The one that Chrissy yep. Watson? Christy. Chrissy, yeah. Well, she went to the same place as Mary Jane's sister, Mary Jane's niece and nephew, Mary Jane's father, uh, to that uh, to that limbo of, uh, of never-seen-again characters. I think the last time we saw her was in Spider-Girl, wasn't it? Right, Spider-Girl. She was... No. She was she was Normie Osborne's nanny in like the six one six, but then he started seeing Normie with other nannies that weren't Christy. And like the last time you saw her was that Mary Jane fake funeral, you know, when, when, after the airline explosion. Oh, oh really? And they got her name wrong. Yeah. They yeah. Call her. I think it was like Christy or something or I, I remember that it's wrong because uh, like and the whole supporting cast is there and on they open the door it's like, Oh look it's Gail, uh, and her two boys, Tindy and Tommy, or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> I should have and, and for that blunder. So, 1999, yeah. Burn and Mackie eras, last time we saw Chris, Christy, right? Or Chris, Chrissy? I think it was Christy. Christy, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, yeah. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Christy, she'll be a Tony Bio one day. So I'll look back and kill her off. Lockdown from Illinois. BD, you've attended some great Comic-Cons over the years. What have been your favorite ones, and what have been the greatest find at one of them? Uh, I think I told this story uh, a long time ago. I'll repeat it shortly here. Uh, when I was like 10 years old, I went to a Comic-Con, and there was a broke college kid selling a lot of Silver Age comics, and on his table, he had Amazing Spider-Man number 1, Amazing Spider-Man number 3, and Amazing Spider-Man number 14. I got them all for a hundred bucks, all in very good, very fine condition. So that was my favorite find, greatest find. I haven't topped it since I've been ten years old. So that was the best best con, I guess, was the one I went with my wife uh, to Chicago uh, last year. I mean, I, I just approached it as an adult. It's a little different to go to a con. I hadn't been to a comic book convention in what ten, fifteen years, and it's a little fun to go on a trip with your wife to Chicago and and have people hold up a crawl space sign. I went, last time I went, the internet wasn't invented. <laughs> so uh, that was cool. I had a couple of people come up and, and uh, said they listened to the show. They've been to the site. So that was kind of cool. So I, I liked the one that I went last year. That was fun. JR, if the rumor of Norman Osborn killing Gwen Stacy does happen in Amazing Spider-Man 2... What do you believe would be the best way to depict the big screen version of the iconic moment? Well, first of all, I was going to say, Brad, I thought you were going to say the best con was the one you actually did pull on that college kid. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, lockdown, that's a very good question, and I've tried to think about that because, I, like I said you know, earlier, I don't think they can do the bridge scene because the bridge scene was kind of done in, in Raimi's original Spider-Man. Um, I've just got to believe that Mark Webb <coughs> is not going to be so predictable. Uh, I, I, I almost, I don't know. I really don't know. I almost would rather see Harry kill Gwen than Norman. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure why, but just to see something different. Uh, it's a good question, and I don't have an answer for you. When you boil the scene down, 
Spider-Man killed Gwen, essentially, right? I don't know. If I, uh, da, da, da. He snapped her neck trying to save her. Right? I mean, if, if you boil a scene down... That, Are you, you saying that like she has to die somehow by Spider-Man's hand? He has to, yes. I think that that is the gist of that. He has to learn that he's killed another accidentally or he feels the responsibility. Well, the that, like, that was always like a... Uh, wasn't that always like a fan theory that always eventually made into continuity? Like, I mean, I, I know that the snap is... in the letter original. stages of, like, issue 125. You because somebody, that... like, wrote in and said, Shocker, you know, she died of shock of fall when she was yeah, unconscious. Yeah. And as yeah, the letter, that, and like, later was on, entering the letter, like, said that thing. But like, they, 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 later on, like, they changed the reason how she died later on. Like, it was never... I mean, I know that Snap's originally in the original issue, but it was never, like, actively made that, that, that Spider-Man killed her. But now it's, like, such a funny idea that they, they go with anyway. Well, I think the modern theory now is that Spider-Man killed her. Would you guys agree with that? I think that's what they would have to recreate in the scene. It doesn't have to be on a bridge, but he has to feel responsibility of playing a part in her demise. Well, he, I, I, it's not really that he killed her, right? Because if he wasn't there, she would have fallen into the water and died. It's just that he used a method of trying to save her that didn't work. Yeah. It's like a little bit different than him being re- responsible for it, exactly. It's kind of the he same, feel, but... He feels responsible. Yeah, well, he, he blames himself yeah. for everything. Honestly, I mean, to be honest, the, the death of Gwen Stacy, like, I mean, all, you know, April Fool's post aside, in terms of, like, the actual continuity, has always been rather kind of vague to me, because at what point exactly did Peter realize, oh, I killed her? It, 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 Immediately. No, no, no. no. In, in that issue, he's like, no. you know... He's like, you know, oh, you're dead, and then the goblin exposes that that uh, the shock of the fall killed her, and like he's the, and all the way up to like you know when Harry's the goblin, he thinks that. Mm. So uh, it's not it's not immediate at all. No. Yeah, there's like in, in the clone saga when the Gwen clone fell off the bridge, the um the '90s one, like there's there's a thing where it says like he knows now not to stop her fall, but rather slow it. So that's like. The, the internal monologue there, like, indicates that he knows. But then, like, they stated... The first time I remember it being stated definitively outright was uh, the Paul Jenkins uh, web... Was it Web Spinners? Yep. The, the, that chameleon story, where, like, okay. in the big letters, maybe you killed her. And they, they reference it again in Superior Spider-Man when Mary Jane's being thrown by the vulture babies. Yeah. And uh, Civil War. Um, he says, my girlfriend died of a broken neck. Uh that, that, that was the last. That's the only other issue that I've seen the jester in before uh, the ones yeah, this where, month. Or Tony, where's the jester from? I'm confused. Also, <laughs> um, I want to say he's primarily a daredevil villain because, like, one of the last stories I remember him being in was a really dumb Bob Gale story that I that I hate and Don loves, where the jester <laughs> is basically like the um, what do you call the people that serve you? Uh, Breakdancers. What? what? Serve, serve you? Like a minion? A no, 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 like... You, oh, they serve you a subpoena. Serve. Yeah. Oh, oh serve you a subpoena, a process server? Yeah, yeah, like, the jester was a process server, and he, like, pretended to do a heist, so that, like, Daredevil would get lured out, and then he served him with, like, a uh, summons. That's weird. It was a horrible uh, story. <laughs> Don, first, congrats on the wedding. Thank you. Another one you got, Don. Lockdown. Let's watch the front page. You've been had. Uh, since 
Do you and Stella are comic collectors and fans. Do the two of you ever argue on whose collection is bigger, or what should take higher priority over comics? I think love, Don. Should take <laughs> higher priority over comics. Well, I will say that, like, and this is this is nonfiction. When Stella uh, came over to my place to hang for a few days, I actually didn't have. I actually just started getting long boxes because of her, because I, I had like you know my single issue kind of strong on the place, you know. So I guess she wanted. I guess she brought a woman's touch because she's like, you know, this is pathetic. You need on boxes, so uh, she organized your collection. Well, she, she didn't exactly, but we did go to my shop and I got some uh, uh, bags and boards and long boxes. And now I'm actually in the process of sorting all my long boxes out. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, she might have a bigger collection, judging by the fact that she has long boxes. But I have, have I have, I know, I have at least a few thousand comics. Though. Have we? I don't think we've ever done that. How many long boxes do you have? Well, I mean, my long box number doesn't correlate to how many comics I have. Right now, I have about five, but like, I, that's, I still have some uh, boxes to fill up. Bertoni, how many long boxes you got? I can't count. Like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're in cabinets. They're in, like, they're all over the place. In fact, like, I yeah. ran out of room, so I had to put some in cabinets under my sink. And then when my sink leaked, people were like telling me how stupid I was, and I was like, I literally, I literally had no room, and there was these empty cabinets to put these extra ones in. Zach, Zach, how many long boxes you got? Um, well, I'm not using them as furniture. That's what you're insinuating. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Bailey, what's your number? Uh, (laughs) That's a personal question, there, Brad Douglas. Of your long boxes, sir. Uh, uh, I think I have like seven. Plus, I have I have a, I have a, a foot locker that's completely full. Chris, um, I brought one with me to my current apartment, and it's already overflowing, and there are comics just everywhere. But um, I have like a bunch of crates at my uh, mom's place where they're just kind of hanging out. So I don't know how how to translate into long boxes precisely. Get ready for the big numbers with me and Jr. Jr. Uh, um, sixteen. Sixteen. Eighty. Eighty long boxes. Eighty. Yeah, they're drawer boxes, but yeah. Dude. I know I've got a problem, and Your I wear a Your power is maximum. Bow <laughs> uh, down, see. Brad Douglas. And, and I have a whole entertainment center on them, and I'm sitting on a long box right now. No, just kidding. Uh, TNR one hundred and five from Jersey. Get me out of here. To the to Don, Kevin's not here. Long way to go for a joke, dude. <laughs> Lols. I think the advanced announcement was led several of us to buy it. Uh, did Kevin was your heart broken? Kevin wasn't on it. I told oh, okay. Kevin the night before the like the fake wedding was being recorded because the the guy who was putting it together wanted Kevin to actually object to the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if Kevin knew if it was real or fake beforehand, but like. I, I was talking with Brad, and we basically realized that Kevin never got the email. So I said it to him, like, the night before, and he's in a way different time zone, so it would have been an early recording for him. I'm like, hey, Don and Stella are fake getting married tomorrow. Do you want to come? And he's like, oh, I'm good. A lot of yeah. people were asking me, like, pretty you know, much what I said, yeah. A lot of people were asking me, like, dude, what does Kevin think? Is Kevin mad at you? And I was like, what? Steve Rogers for New York City. Don, good thing there wasn't any omit references in that wedding. Why do you think Marvel is more on the ball live-action movie-wise in D.C. at this point? I think it's a combination of the fact that some, some people at, at Marvel work for the, the help, have a hand in uh, getting the movies together. And I don't think current D.C. really knows what to do with their characters. Jeff Johns had a hand in Green Lantern. 
Yeah, but also doesn't doesn't Quesada and Bendis have something to do with like the Marvel uh, like the face? Like creative consultants, I think is what they say in the credits. So, right. Josh, damn! Now I want a real Betty Brant podcast. Do you think they should shoehorn her and by extension JJ and the rest of the Bugle and Liz into the new movie universe? <laughs> well, first of all, regarding the you know Betty Brant podcast. That would be the most self-indulgent thing I can do, and that's why I did it as an, April, as an April Fool's joke. I said, all right, I'm going to do a fake podcast. What's the most self-indulgent thing possible? And then, like, that made me and Don have a discussion with, and, yeah, Chris was there, too, later that night. Like, uh, what would be the most self-indulgent podcast you can think of? And <laughs> we threw out names, but, like... Clones like a Chronicles. <laughs> Spider-Man's ex-girlfriend. Like, not a podcast about Spider-Man's girlfriend, but Spider-Man's ex-girlfriend. That's like a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to cut back on some of my extracurricular activities, so nobody brand podcast. But a lot of people ask me. That's what surprised me. Like, I had people like Emmy me and you people... You have listeners. Yeah, well, like, did they hear the podcast? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, Wombat, um, I don't. Oh, well, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. There was, a, there was another part to that there, question. There was another one. Cramming it into the movie. Yes. Yeah, especially JJ, because that's what I said was wrong with the last movie. Is that they stayed away from J. Jonah Jameson, and I think that the Daily Bugle and its influence on Spider-Man is very important to the Spider-Man universe. And I, I really think that not that the last movie sucked, but that the last movie did was kind of handicapped in that there was no, you know, prominent... I noticed the Daily Bugle was in the background, but that there was no Daily Bugle presence with J. Jonah Jameson driving that status quo. I agree. I miss J.J. Uh, uh, Wombat909 from the U.K. Don, well played, sir. Well played. Thank you very much. <laughs> any of you guys had any April Fool's gags played on them that were comic book related in any way? Not me. Anybody? DC did that thing, or was it News or Alma that said, like, DC had fired all of its writers and editors or something? Which I didn't believe, but I thought, I thought that was wishful thinking. Yeah. I guess no. Nobody's chiming in. I'm trying uh, to, I but like, no. Yeah, yeah I, not really. Uh, this next one, I think, is really funny. From the reign of the Spider-Man, from the location of the TARDIS, which is a Doctor Who reference. Hey, right? oh yes. Hey, I don't even watch the show, but I think I know. Crawl Space Gang, it's Ethan, and I'm asking questions live from my health class. It's not like I have anything else to do. It's health. Amen, brother. <laughs> I remember health. So let's get this party started to the BD. When do I get to be on the podcast? Well, you're on right now. I'm asking your question. Haha, just kidding, except that I'm not kidding. Hint, hint, I really went on. So thanks to Facebook, I watched one of your Brad's Beats reports. Brad beat. I can't even talk about my own segment. Brad's beat reports. Great job. I liked it a lot. So if you were to report on one event in the Marvel universe, what would it be? <sighs> Galactus coming to Earth would be good. That'd be fun. Um, the wedding of Sue Storm and Reed Richards. It's a wedding. It's not that exciting. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the wedding of um, Donovan Grant and Stella. Both. <laughs> What about Spider-Man fighting Venom for the first time? That would be cool. Spider-Man's fighting a, a creature who looks just like him. Uh, the the time when the Beyonder came to Earth and he tried to use a bathroom, that'd be cool. No. <laughs> What's a Spider-Man event that would be cool to report on, gang? Help me out with this. Any, his, rest, to- his unmasking in Civil War, but then, like, you know, you, yeah. your, your tapes would all be erased. Uh, typically, I'm a human interest... St- 
Uh, when uh, when Captain Stacy died and they thought that Spider-Man killed him because he took his body away. Yeah. Typically, I'm a human interest reporter, so Galactus would be like breaking news. This would be hard news of destruction and death, etc. A human interest story for Spider-Man would be the reporter that would tell uh, about the spider, the kid who collected Spider-Man. That's the type of stories I like to tell. There's a lot of humanization. There's personalization. There's heart. It moves you. There's emotion there. So that's the type, I guess, I would like to tell. The, the you can kid have an exclusive interview with the mousey. The mouse, what's it? We'll ride around their cab. We'll get some B-roll of the cab. Uh, let's see. Don, a huge congratulations on your wedding. Hey. Sorry. My God, man. How many suckers... I mean, how many people... Did, <laughs> these, these people just on the hook and you reeled all of them in. I mean, good Lord, man. I was surprised as everyone else, but I'm thrilled for you. Sorry, Brad. I have a Doctor Who question. Oh, hell, I should have known. Uh, did you see the Bells of St. John, and what did you think? Yes, I did, um, and I liked it. I like uh, the new companion, Clara, and um, it was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Josh, what's your on your current pull list? Also, will you be reading Star Wars at Dark the Star Wars that Dark Horse is putting out? My birthday's on the 22nd, and we'll please sing. Oh, well, let's get to Star Wars first. What's on your pull list? This is the first question. Um, I basically answered that to the uh, what the other person said. What are you reading? But I did read the first issue of that Star Wars thing. But because like Dark Horse doesn't have the Kindle app, I don't buy hard copies of comics anymore. I've been doing it all on the Kindle. So it's, I mean, I I, I occasionally read Star Wars via other means, but eh, you know, it's. It, w- it was a good series. I just Dark Horse really needs to get on the bandwagon with this Kindle thing. Yeah. His birthday is on the twenty second. Will you please sing me a Betty Brant song? <laughs> Anyone can join in as character. I'll be mousy. Wait hey, a bit. Wait wait wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What? R- r- repeat this question. What am I singing for him with Betty Brant on his birthday? <laughs> Of Betty Brant's happy birthday to Reign of Spider Man. <laughs> okay. Um, challenge accepted. Let me just tab it myself. You don't even have a name for what's well, Ethan. His name is Ethan. I'm sorry. His okay. name is Ethan. So you don't have to say happy birthday, Reign of Spider Man. <laughs> Betty, go, Betty. Um, okay, all right. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta somehow sing this in Betty. I don't think I've ever sung in the Betty Boys before, so I'm not sure how this will sound. <laughs> My God! Happy birthday, Reign of the Spider Spider Man. He's the one who's responsible for my brother's death and every bad thing that happened in my life. <laughs> Take it away, Mousy. Hey, it's a mousy. Happy birthday. I'm happy that you're having a birthday. Happy birthday to Ethan. Uh, I think Norman needs to sing now. Go, Norman. I don't think so. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to... That was pretty good. I couldn't... It's all uh, Spider-Man's fault, and sometimes Flash, too. Hey, buddy, get back to work. Ah, right, there's Jameson right there. Anybody else showing up for this party? Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. Another that's slice a- of cake, <laughs> Ethan Myron. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. All right, his next one's to JR. Just want to know that you're awesome until you wouldn't sing. <laughs> True. Zach, if you're. Oh, Lord. Zach, if you were a woman, what would you think? <laughs> yeah, this is a very awkward question. Man, he's in health class. He's learning about women. Go oh, ahead. Oh, dear God. You, 
Wow. Um, <laughs> would be this is Zinda. My... Long time, by the way. <laughs> Your favorite question of all time because it's like potentially awkward this for me. I'm, I'm liking it. <laughs> um, well, uh, 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 I, I have no idea what my my female name. Is. I can't even do like Jesselyn. Jesselyn. Yeah. Jesselyn Joiner. Jesselyn Joiner. <laughs> All right then, Chris. How do you force the superior no more story going? The what? <laughs> superior no more story going. What? What, what is? I, I don't know. That, what, what, what are you talking time? about? Um, like is that is that something that's been announced? That's, that's no, 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 no. It's it's the end of the superior run. Well, here's how I'd do it. I'd have. Uh, I'd have Spider-Man, in order to get rid of Doc Ock, he has to shut down the hemisphere of his brain that Doc Ock is in. But that's also the hemisphere that deals with science and logic reasoning. So he has to lose, sacrifice this part of himself, his ability to think scientifically, uh, in order to solve this problem. And so that affects his life, but he has problems that he needs to... uh, to use his scientific mind for, but the more he uses it, the more Doc Ock comes back. I think that'd be an interesting angle on it. Ethan's uh, health teacher is giving him the evil eye, so he has to go, so thank you guys. Thank you, Ethan. That was really kind of funny. No doubt. DC Marvel fan guy, 23 posts, no location. To the gang, Cardiac is back. I always thought Cardiac was the most interesting character Michelini created. Not according to JR. I was pleasantly surprised to see the return of Cardiac in the pages. Not JR. <laughs> JR hates Cardiac. Uh, what are your thoughts? You love him? You hate him? Also, do you think Marvel may give him an ongoing. Oh, God, oh, JR. <laughs> Will you pick up the ongoing series of Cardiac, JR? <laughs> <laughs> what, if J- what if Cardiac was in the lesser known Sinister Six or whatever? He'd just get his own title, The Superior Cardiac. <laughs> yep. No, I got the name Cardiac Arrest There you go uh, To JR, I have a theory that the Green Goblin we saw in issue 4 Was actually Normie Osborne What? The, the kid I have a theory about your mental state right now DC Marvel <laughs> fan guy But I'll keep it to myself I actually do have a theory that Norman Virgil Osborne Is not the same Norman Osborne That we're thinking Um because there is a, uh, that was the name on the hospital bed, and there was an interview with Dan Slott where he mentioned how there were no guards by the bed um, and how that was weird. And so he was saying, like, this is, I, when I read that, I was like, this is just weird, but I guess Slott intended it to be weird. So, may, so maybe there's some weird thing, like, this is, like, a different Norman Osborn, like his cousin or something. I wonder if they had a full name in the hospital bed. Here's his uh, <laughs> has been addressing the fact that Norman was in an ordinary hospital bed with no guards, like you said. He won't tell the interviewers if it's actually Norman Osborne behind the mask. In issue four, we didn't see how tall he actually was. All we saw was his foot smash, the spider bot, and then a close-up on his face. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's just as tall. It's just not a little taller. And it's your baby. Normie is Norman Virgil Osborne, I bet. That, that's a and good theory. Like he, like Baby Goblin and the Vulture Babies team up and like kick Doc Ock's ass. Yeah, I'd read that. Well, but but Normie's middle name isn't. It, that's not Normie's middle name. It's, oh, it's like Norman Harold Osborne or something. Oh, wow, he's not. Uh, 
his fourth reasoning it would give Harry a reason to go back to New York if he finds out his son is causing trouble, which could also lead to Harry actually doing something again besides shaving his head and going into hiding. Of course, I could be completely wrong about this theory, but the hospital bed could have been for Normie for a reason which may be explained later. Harry doesn't well, I mean, remember Normie exists. Exactly. How old is Normie in this universe now? He, well, he was burning Spider-Man figures a while back, wasn't he? Well, he he actually aged during the Clone Saga. Like he was, you know, young boy or whatever, toddler, and then he kind of got to where he was like a, a teenager, but he wasn't, you know, he was no. never a teenager. I don't think he's ever. No, no, no. He was. He was. He was, he was a preteen. He was a preteen. Think of Billy Waters. But he was old enough to be playing low league ball because that's what you know. Because in um, one of Roberto Aguirre Sacasa's stories, he was uh, uh, playing baseball. Yeah, yeah. It's not a th- it's not a bad theory. I, I th- there are some clues to that. It's not Norman. Uh, Extreme Spider from New York City Prime. Whatever happened to the Marvel and DC making sly but good-hearted nudges to each other, especially in Spidey comics? Spidey made a joke about changing in phone booths. Like our good buddy Superman in the awesome 90s tune, Spider-Man always got advice from a bat gargoyle named Bruce. Surely I'm not the only one to miss that. And I just read in Daredevil, the most recent issue of Daredevil, there's a Batman joke in it. There's a bunch of uh, like Dark Knight movie references in that um, issue where Spider-Man fights the spot. He's like doing the impression. I heard that uh, Jokasada didn't like in the 90s how they were doing crossover like stories and Wanted to be a lot more of an antagonist of the relationship, which sounds awfully douchey to me. To Donovan, congrats to you and the missus. Again, another one you got, Don. Hope your marriage doesn't go like Goku and Chi-Chi. Wasn't that a spinoff of Happy Days? Uh, That was in Dragon Ball Z when Goku sold his marriage to uh, the the Mephisto to save uh, Master Roshi. Tony loves Chachi. Okay. Zach! God. (laughs) What would be the in-story reason for Otto using Spider-Ben's costume as a basis for his, his superior Shadowland costume? Uh, it? It's Kane's fault. There you go. Bertoni, how goes the Wings Compendium? I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been very, very interesting. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot done, actually, in the past month alone. So and now, because there's a certain event going on in February of 2014... There's some pressure to get it done by February 2014, but like in the last what week, I, I've not. Uh, there, there's a big convention, and like some of the former wing members are going to be there, and like the guy who's organizing the convention, he's like, "You got to have your book ready by then. You're going to have the former members there to sell it. Come on, come on, you got to do." I'm like, yeah, that's that is a very unique opportunity. So, uh, but I've gotten a lot more cool. done. I've gotten like so many hours of, like, video footage to research, like, over ten. And the the thing that's been interesting, though, is finding people to interview for this book because there's the people who are willing to do it. There's the people who, like, are kind of flaky musicians who it's hard to get in touch with them. They'll agree with and disappear. And then there, there's one person who's been an extreme jerk, and I don't even want to elaborate on that, but, like, oh, my gosh, just, like, I mean, I've had problems interviewing people for, like, comic book stuff before, but this is, this is ridiculous. Chatosaurus Rex, first-time list, long-time listener, first-time poster, so congrats, thank you for that. Uh, aiming at the gang, with Marvel announcing their foray into uh, original graphic novels with Avenger, Avengers Endless Wartime, what creative team would you like to see take a crack at Spidey original graphic novels, and what should the premise be? 
The Spider-Man The Lost Years with John Romita Jr. J.M. DiMatteis. DiMatteis came to my mind also. He, he, I think he could pull it off. Like do 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 something else like during that era. It's not not that specific. It makes you Peter Peter David has uh, good luck with uh, stuff like paperback novels and stuff like that. I mean, he has a good track record of that. I think Peter David would be a good sell. Possibly. How about Peter David and no? They fought. They fought back in the nineties. Peter David and Todd McFarlane. That wouldn't work. Anybody else? I mean, what, what, what would be a good... Well, you have to get family and DJ Co. Boom! That would sell like gangbusters. Yep. All right. Uh, last poster question from Lady Spider, location Earth 2. Congratulations, Don and Stella. <laughs> <laughs> so, Another one. Sorry, how, how, how many have we gotten? Um, I mean, just take a shot every time somebody is... <laughs> suckered by Don and Stella. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you two will be uh, great together. Yes. Sorry, sorry, Aaron. Bertoni and Jr. When did Spider-Man stop attending grad school? Which time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he quit well, during I, I, the Roger Stern era, and uh, then I guess he quit before the reboot era. There. It's. You actually see him drop out in the Roger Stern era, then he comes back in the Todd McFarlane era, and then, like, you know, he's kind of going, but then, like, when the robot parents and clone saga thing happened, you don't actually, like, see an issue where he drops out, but, like, you know, with him doing the I am the spider and stuff, like, you just assume that he dropped out, and then he goes to Portland and gets a scientist job, so he obviously dropped out then, and then... He, en- he enrolls back again, and actually talk about him enrolling again right after the Clone Saga, during that pre-Howard Mackie reboot era. And then, at the beginning of those Howard Mackie reboot books, like the number one, there's like a thought loop he has where it's like, yes, I'm Peter Parker, grad student, Tricor employee, daily bugle photographer. So he mentions that he's still going to grad school, but then Howard Mackie never shows him doing it, and it's kind of quietly dropped after that, so... We never actually saw him drop out the second and the third time. Yeah. All right, let's see. The last question is aimed at Don. Are there any comic book characters that you would like to see made make it to the silver screen? Thank you very much for all the questions, people. Even if you even if you foolishly thought that I was married to Stella. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you know what? I was talking to my brother the other day. If we can get a Guardians of the Galaxy and an Ant-Man movie, yeah, there is no excuse to not have a Black Panther movie. Because I heard that somebody say, like, oh, Black Panther, we got to set up Wakanda. That's hard. <laughs> Asgard. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they better get on that. But if, if, they, yeah. if they complete all the Marvel movies and don't get Black Panther movie, I'll be really pissed off. Black Panther movie would be great. I think he's I, Phase I, 3, isn't he? They talked about a Phase 3. He better be. Well, Doc, I don't remember Black Panther. I remember Doctor Strange in Phase 3. But, uh, no, Wakanda, uh, an African king... And the Panther, I think it'd be awesome. Wait, it's not a very difficult story to adapt. Like, no, it's not. I mean, it's t- uh, uh, one I want to see is Namor. I think Namor Under the Sea would be looking. That would be awesome. Do you know uh, what, who has the rights to Namor? Is he a Fantastic Four character under their license? Uh, no, good question. He, he predates Fantastic Four. He's uh. he's a Marvel character, as far as I know, and I think he's been talked about in number Phase Three. That's a good question, so, though. I never talked about that. Namor would be uh, just a beautiful looking film, I think. All right, around the horn for recommendations before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Bertone, you got anything you recommend? 
Yeah, before my night, completely like, you know, went to all out hack. Um, I took yeah. uh, three of the kids from work to see uh, Jurassic Park. They just re released it in 3D for the 20th anniversary, which is weird. It's God. been 20 years. 20. Yeah. I saw it in the theater 20 years ago. My God. Oh, that was when I was like nine years old. That was my favorite movie. And I watched it a million times and I read the junior novelization and the movie storybook and the original Michael Crichton novel, which was like the first adult novel I ever read. And when I was nine, it all went over my head and I had all the toys. So this was this was a great nostalgia trip for me. And it was good to like the, the kids all enjoyed it, too. So was a great and to prepare myself I reread the two Crichton books on my Kindle which are still really really good and now that like I'm in my late later 20s I can appreciate a lot more of the uh of the adult stuff a lot more than I did when I was 9 reading it so the two mm-hmm. Crichton Jurassic Park books the re-release of the Jurassic Park movie I do not recommend Jurassic Park 3 though that movie sucked I liked it. I, I, I liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you like the formula. Like, somehow this guy is going to the island again, and it has the same plot of the other two movies where they have to get off this Dr. island. Grant, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me about <laughs> the 3D. I mean, what, what are some effects that you noticed that, that they added um, that jump out at you? I wasn't really in it for the 3D. I mean, I, I would have just seen it in the, just to see it again, just to watch this movie. But, like, I mean... I mean, I guess it was kind of cool, like stuff like the Tyrannosaurus. I mean, it was basic 3D. It's I, I never really enjoy 3D movies. There's nothing yeah. like there's nothing too much different. But I mean, kids get a kick out of the 3D glasses and stuff. So it's you know, and I because it was work, I got to use my expense account. So it's not like I had to pay any extra money for it. Right, that's cool. All right, anything else you recommend? Uh, no, I love Jurassic Park and not Jurassic Park 3. Okay. <laughs> uh, Don, what do you got? Uh, just real quickly, uh, about an hour before we started recording, I popped out two, count two, episodes of uh, the next Dimension episode, 17 Part 1, 17 Part 2, that I do with Jesse Garrett. Go over to dbznextdimension.lipson.com for those. Um, I actually re-read, re- uh, I say reread, but uh, read a, a trade I got at Comic-Con last year that collected the, um, the Identity Crisis story from Spider-Man, like, you know, in the 90s where he... He uh, adopted those four pers- uh, slingers. Yeah, yeah, the slinger. Uh, they adopted the four uh, different costume personas, and that was a that was really really fun. That was like some of the most fun Spider-Man I've read in a while. Um, especially like the, the I love the gimmick of having the different titles have the different characters. Like especially with um, Howard Mackey has Dusk. That was a very well done story where he has a, this plotline involved with Pisspot Pete. So that was that was a pleasant surprise. I mean, I, I always I always I remember it being fun when I was a kid, but like that was actually that held up very well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mary Jane sewed a lot of the suits too. Yeah, and like at one point, yeah. Pete, at one point, Peter's trying to get ready. And he actually puts on all four costumes and his Spider-Man costume all on the same time. Yeah. And she like just busts out laughing. I mean, I wonder if that trade's available nowadays. I mean, that's an old trade. No, no, it's, it's a re- it's like a new edition trade. Like it's it's uh, oh, okay. put out recently. Okay. And um, that was I, I agree. It was a very fun story. Have you read the Slingers mini or the limited? I, I've never I've never read the uh, the limited series. Yeah. It's pretty much amazing. There's like ten issues or something. Well, uh, anything else? Uh, just well, just the um, just I, I, I watched a uh, patch of blue starring Sidney Poitier the other night, uh, about 1965. I think it's a really, really, really uh, good movie with really excellent acting. Cool. And Zach, what do you like? Um, I'm going to recommend all new X Men by Ben. Yes, very, very good. good. 
Um, Uncanny, Uncanny's been good too. I think all new water yeah. bottles. <laughs> uh, I I also recommend <laughs> all new water bottles. I don't know. Yeah, you got that, did you, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I, explain. I don't. I don't get it. There's an issue in all new X Men where like Tess Scott Summers is a man out of time. He's like oh. on all the things that are like changing the way. And he's at a convenience store and he's like bottled water. And we talked about how stupid that is because of the sliding time <laughs> scale. Like there is no yeah. reason why Scott Summers should be surprised about bottled water. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. so. Um, before my power, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I also am going to recommend Smallville, the uh, now weekly um, digital first comic. Really, oh, is that good? it's yeah. it's really been enjoyable. If you're a fan of the series, it's a lot more comic booky than it, uh, now that it's a comic book than it was on the TV show. So, um, if you always wanted to see how where it would go after season ten, uh, definitely a recommendation. Cool. Anything else, sir? That's it. Jr. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. You haven't seen a movie or nope. any good TV or nope. anything? Nope. Okay. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Uh, I like Doctor Who. Hey. I like Game of Thrones. Who haven't seen the first episode yet? Is it good? Yeah, it's you know it's maintaining the consistency, cool. consistent level of quality that the show tends to. Um, I like the uh, new Guardians of the Galaxy series by Bendis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll. I don't want to bur- burn through all my recommendations and have nothing next month, so we'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I've got a comic book. Two com- well, let's start with the comic book first. Daredevil End of Days is a very good book written by Brian Michael Bendis. And uh, I can't ever say this guy's name. Bill Sikovich, son of a bitch. Bill Sikovich. What's the guy's name? There you go. I don't usually like his style, but I appreciate it. Uh, but this book, it's really, really good. It's, it's, I don't know the ending of it. And it's an eight issue limited series. If you're a Daredevil fan, I highly recommend it. So check that out. Uh, video game, Walking Dead, the Telltale game, uh, that they put it out in a single disc that you can play on your PS3 and your Xbox. You could also download it if you like the individual episode chapters. I've been playing through that. That's a fun game. Uh, I haven't bought the Walking Dead Survival Instinct game. I've heard mixed reviews on that. Has anybody played that one? So, all right, uh, Bates Motel on A and E. I'm a fan of the <laughs> original Psycho. I watched the first episode, the pilot of Bates Motel. I liked it quite a bit. The guy playing the kid playing Norman is creepy, and the mom is creepy also. She was in the uh, the movie The Departed with Leonardo DiCaprio. And uh, I saw a movie in the theater, Oz, The Great and Powerful. I thought that was a really good movie, too. That was good. Very good movie, Oz. I liked it. Even Ava liked it. it was, we took her well, and she... Wasn't the, like, effect at the ending really cool? Yes, it was. And and uh, the the face, etc. And it just... It, uh, it, it, it shared continuity a little bit with uh, the original Wizard of Oz. I don't think it stepped on too many toes. Uh, the original, and, and keeping it Spider-Man related, Sam Raimi directed it, and uh, oh, what's Harry his name? Osborne. Harry Osborne. Uh, what's the kid's name? What's the actor's name? I can't think of it James right Franco. now. James Franco is in it, so it's I, I liked it a lot. Very good visuals. Uh, let's see. Um, we also oh, I got a uh, hell of a deal on eBay. 
uh, the other day. Buy, uh, I, Kevin's comics. <laughs> I bought all of Kevin's comics. Poor bastard. I feel bad for him. <laughs> He he kind of got screwed on his auctions. Not many people bid on him. But uh, anyway, I, I bought – I've always wanted to read Alpha Flight, uh, the John Byrne, Alpha Flight, etc. I got 102 issues, issue 1 to 102 for 50 bucks. So the 50 cents a comic. So I'm going to go through Alpha Flight. I've always wanted to read that. Byrne started. Bill Mantlo continued it. Etc. So, and it has uh, Jim Lee, one of, some early Jim Lee in there, uh, etc. It's got some Wolverine. So I'm looking forward to going through uh, Alpha Flight. And I think I got it for a hell of a steal. So that is my recommendations. Let's go around the horn to say good. Oh, what? Oh, Zach, we we lost Zach. What the Goodbye, hell? Goodbye, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that was Zach's last. He's thought. off to search for a bottle of water. He's off <laughs> for bottled water. Zach, thank you for being on. Donovan, final thought. Uh, thank you very much for the well wishes, uh, Director Hatred to Stella, not me. Um, <laughs> listening to the podcast, keep on reading Spidey. Thank you very much. This is Donovan signing out. Peace, Chris. Final thought. I always feel pleasure to be here, or privilege, not, well, and pleasure. <laughs> privilege. I, I feel Whoa. Oh, God. I am oh, you feel so pleasured. freaking tired. I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> you, it was my pleasure, sir. My goodness. Uh, Bertoni, final thought. All right. Betty Brand hates you. Shashan loves you. And Jurassic Park 3 sucks. <laughs> JR, final thought. <laughs> Come back next month, Kevin. Yes, Kevin, we missed you. I know you're, you're paying the bills, but we missed you nonetheless. So, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. And that's a wrap for all the shows in April. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on Scarlet Spider number 18. And this one, Kane and Logan evidently have become BFFs, and they take down a thousand assassins just in a day's work. Well, the cover price, $2.99. Mail order has it for just a buck eighty-five, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I really do appreciate it. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com. Thank <laughs> you.